0: hey everyone this podcast is being featured in paddlinglife.com the paddlinglife.com website is a one-stop shop for the news and stories happening in the world of paddling if you're like me and can't get enough paddling news i think you'll enjoy the visit on to today's show i hope you enjoy it Welcome to Tales from the Crips, a whitewater storytelling podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Crips, and my guest today is someone who I first became aware of because he was part of the local paddling community. Um, Usually, a story involved him running some local creek too high or cleaning wood out of some obscure stretch on a local creek to attempt a first D. Uh, But I did a few runs together with him over the years around Colorado, but it wasn't until a trip to Ecuador together that I really got to know him. I learned a few things. One is that he is a great person to travel with because not only does he speak fluent Spanish, but regardless of the language, he seems to be able to meet people wherever he goes and become instant friends with them. I remember doing a little uh, kayak class that we had in Ecuador at a little local pond where some kids were invited. And before I knew it, he was surrounded by a bunch of parents and kids telling him stories and teaching them all kinds of stuff about kayaking. And it was pretty awesome. And I was kind of jealous that I wasn't the one doing that. Uh, but, uh, I became aware of two other things. One, he did some serious kayaking back in the day, including being part of the riot crew, which is an infamous crew who, uh, I think couldn't decide whether they wanted to party harder or paddle harder, but regardless, they did both oh. <laughs> with, with a plume <laughs> and, uh, second, he has tons of stories and he knows how to tell them. So he was a shoe in for my guest on a podcast. So I'm happy today to bring Scott Young to the table. Scott, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. How's your How's your season been, Scott? <laughs> <laughs> did you get any paddling this in this year? I heard you did the Grand Canyon earlier this year.
1: Yes, yes. Ian uh, graciously invited me on a trip in March, and uh, what it was Ian and Joe Keck and and uh, Mike Brodeen joke ex-girlfriend chloe um so that was a that was a that was a really good time that's and a good crew that was a good crew and i'm thinking that thinking that who am i missing hang on a sec oh joel right oh, joel right yeah. joel bach and what yeah. am i doing joel joel had the best food ever on that trip man that we all had our freeze-dried you. gruel and he's a vegetarian right a vegan so he was cooking all this stuff in the skillet and again, he graciously shared with his friends, which is a good thing to do on the river just in case you need their help. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, Joe and Chloe ended up getting engaged on the grand, So That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Joe, if you're listening, congratulations, Joe. Congratulations, Joe and Chloe. You guys rock. <laughs> um, I actually proposed to my wife at Matt Cataniba. That's awesome. Yeah, and I think I may have reenacted that uh, proposal um, on camera. Was it Brodeen I was proposing to at the time? I don't remember. <laughs>
0: He didn't say yes, though. (laughs) Things got a little weird in the Grand, I guess. No, not that weird. (laughs) That's cool. You don't have to tell us everything. No, but
1: the Grand is if you have a girlfriend who you're not sure if she's going to say yes, doing it in the Grand Canyon gives you the highest probability of a positive response.
0: (laughs) You got got one notch up in your chances. (laughs) I think so. I
1: mean, you know, it's two for two.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so well, that's yeah great, man. so
1: yeah got a little paddling in uh but you know i've been recovering from these shoulder surgeries so i took it easy this year and then we went to we went to england in july so you know not much paddling in england no no but there's plenty of other good things to do in england we had a lot of fun drank a lot of beer it's good to test as many beers as possible and pubs you know very interesting it's like an historical uh voyage (laughs) (laughs) well hey you know
0: win in Rome you
1: got to do what you got to do absolutely you know I got to be a team player you know I did marry an English woman so (laughs) (laughs) paying the price (laughs) that's great got to see family too so but
0: that's cool man well uh I know you got a rich history of stories, uh, over the years. You, you, know, I remember in Ecuador, you were telling me like, man, back in the day, I used to paddle 300 plus days a year. And I was like, holy shit, you did. That's amazing. <laughs> you <laughs> uh, could do that down South <laughs> and, uh, man had all kinds of, uh, cool, cool trips around Central America, South America, first firsties around Colorado. So I know you had a treasure trove of stories and wanted to get you on, but, uh, I think, you know, we were, we were just talking before the show and I think it'd be good to kick it off with kind of a, an amazing epic in a place that a lot of people are familiar with, but don't think about going kayaking there. Um, I know I've taken a, I, in fact, I did a honeymoon to Kauai uh, back in the day and saw saw the canyons and you know has a kayaker it's hard not to put your head into like oh is there something down there that you, you could paddle i don't know there is turns out <laughs> <there> is. <laughs> it's
1: a lot of private property in uh Kauai, but in this case yeah we did the uh, the first d of the Kauai stream that flows into waimea canyon and that was that was pretty epic um Paul Taft and Charlie MacArthur and gosh a, a whole crew of us had been going to Kauai many times to to basically shoot film cuz Paul always has a camera in his hand and we we were looking he was looking at doing like some sort of a documentary of you know kayaking and how it you know how it came from from Polynesia to uh, to to Hawaii but in this on this trip we had uh, Paul um, Sam Drivo, John Plasic, Jamie Cooper, and myself, uh, and we wanted to paddle the Kuwaiti East Stream. John or Paul and I had gone over in one of our exploratory trips during the summer. We had pretty much walked up or hiked up, swum up every drainage on the island that we could think of to check it out. And we had checked out the Kauai. So we, again, checked it out. We'd found this, this shelter that we thought, okay, this is where we want to get to in our little day trip. So, and in Kauai, because the rock is so porous, you have to get on the river when it's raining because the water levels come up and down very, very quickly. So we all loaded in the van. Uh, Jamie, for some reason, was not able to, to, make it when we drove up in the van so there were the four of us and we camped out in the pouring rain we pretty much scouted our route into the canyon that night and then the next morning we got up before dawn and took off and boy the creeks that we had crossed the night before were much higher
0: so we knew we were going to have some some juice hmm. did you, so, Did you actually plan this trip on a particular rain event that you knew was going to happen because I've i've heard of people trying to go kayaking in hawaii and just sitting around at the beach for a long time without anything happening was it just serendipitous or did you know that a a storm was coming through
1: well you know we went during the winter you know in the wettest months you know paul and we'd all done this research of, of okay the winter time's best best for for big swell too so if you're not paddling you can if you're not paddling on a river you certainly have some something to do on the ocean for sure. Um, um, so we went over during wet, a wet period, and luckily it started raining. I mean, we were waiting and waiting and waiting, right? So we're just surfing and surfing and hanging out and, you know, eating pokey and just really, really, you know, Taking it for the team, yeah. waiting for it to rain. <laughs> Life was <is> hard. <laughs> Life was difficult, I must say, you know, in the tropics. But then it started raining, and we're like, okay, load it up, let's go. So we got in the van, and we, you drive up Waimea Canyon and go, go on these dirt roads that are rarely used, but they cross all these creeks. And we were able to cross all the creeks, and we got our camp and site, campsite, and then, again, we just went and kind of scouted our route into the Kuwaiti stream, the drainage um and it kept raining and raining so we knew we were going to score so the next morning we got up like i said at before dawn and we we had to Ferry across these creeks and then portage, and then we got to the edge of the canyon. And this volcanic soil is super, super slick, and the sides of this this canyon were super, super slick. So it was really, really sketchy. And I mean, more than once, we thought, you know, one of us would slip, and you'd slide a ways and you'd you know think, am I going to let the boat go or save myself? And we all made it. Um, I remember. It was super sketchy. And at the very last, we had to do a 40-foot rappel to the river on our throw ropes. So... It was good we had Loviv throw ropes, of course. Um, Spectra. Uh, (laughs) Did I do a plug for Loviv?
0: I guess you didn't know that you were going to be needing climbing equipment on this trip. I did not. We did not. But, you know, you never
1: know what to expect, right? Yeah.
0: In fact, my guest before this was saying any adventure they went on, they were always bringing even some pieces and stuff in case they needed to get up or down out of a canyon. Uh, you know, we had beaners, so we, you know, we we had that kind of climbing
1: gear at least, right? We might have had a pin kit, I don't know. Eight. Somebody might have brought one of those, yeah. but but um, um, anyway, we uh, we get to the river. It's got plenty of water in it, and <laughs> and, and the, the first drop we looked at, and you know, it's like this thirty-five foot kind of a slide falls into this into this very narrow runout that's just super boiling, I and mean, you kind of don't know what's what's in there and I don't I didn't really want to start with that drop so we portaged around it um and that was a lot of fun and then uh then we put in and I mean it was just great waterfall after great waterfall and big drops just nice super class five creek and oh well, um, clean, clean waterfalls yeah pretty clean I mean I don't remember anyone really pee toning you know it was more just uh I remember one drop it just there was this there's about a 20 footer and the entrance was pretty clean and you came up on this big hump and then just, it just dropped you right into this huge, huge hole. And it was just sub out downtime and up you come. So I didn't hit rocks.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty epic. <laughs> it, was,
1: it was awesome, man. Bo- so awesome. Bo- boof-
0: boofable stuff then. You were just trying to boof these things? And-
1: uh, Yeah. Some, yeah. I mean, you know, there are, some stuff you, you know, obviously you boof, you know how to just read, kind of read and run. We'd scout uh, the big stuff, right? Yeah. But some, you just couldn't, you just had to kind of pick who was going to be the probe that time. You know how that goes. You just you got to take your turns probing, because if you're getting in and out of your boat all day long, you're never going to get to your to your destination. Which we didn't, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but it was it was beautiful. <laughs> it was just beautiful in that canyon because it was raining super hard. You know, it was raining, and and all these waterfalls were just pouring it off the sides of the canyon, and we were in this beautiful, lush, tropical canyon where nobody. Goes and nobody'd ever run this. I mean, Paul and I had swum up and hiked it, but it's just it was so magical and just such a juxtaposition to that classic Kauai that everyone thinks of. You think of the beach and you know, getting the lay when you get off the plane and stuff, which of course we did. Um, uh, but this was just awesome a mountain, really cool mountain tropical experience. But yeah. but yeah, we uh we were trying to make it to this shelter and we kind of had an idea of how far it was, but. Um, you know, when we, we ended up, uh, I I'm not making it to that shelter.
0: And given, and given that you were going for a shelter, I guess you weren't really geared up for an overnighter like you would be if you were doing a multi-day.
1: Uh, we didn't have any tents. <laughs> I had a space blanket. I just, Sam, I had a space blanket. Remember that? <laughs> um, and so we basically, it just got dark and it was, it was class five and pushy and it was still coming up. So we were like, we got to, we got to stop. So we stopped and it was just pouring rain and we made a futile attempt to start a fire. That was a joke. Um, so <laughs> was we there made, even a flat spot to, to, we found a flat spot okay, okay. Yeah, found a flat spot and we kind of like circled the, you know, put the boats around and we basically ended up like we had four of us and we faced each other and we sat around and I won't say that anyone had any marijuana or anything to soften the blow. But, um, uh, but anyway, we did have some power bars. So we actually had, um, I think we ate a quarter of a power bar for dinner, uh, and maybe, a, maybe half a gel each. And then we sat around and, and, um, froze our asses off that night. And I had an <laughs> one of those crinkly space blankets yeah. and we put it over ourselves and we just kind of, again, we had, you know, it was like leg to leg. And, you know, I remember that, you know. Sam having his foot in my nuts was actually not a bad thing, because it kept them warmer than they would have been.
0: <laughs> you know? I bet you never thought you'd say that in your no, life. Today. No, no. I remember
1: Johnny. Uh, yeah, I never, never thought that. Um, and Johnny uh, got pretty cold. And luckily, I brought an extra hat. Um, okay. But you know, Paul was rubbing Johnny's head. And uh, we put the hat on him. And, and really, we just, you know, do you think you can get hypothermia in Kauai? no right yes you can Um, otherwise but basically i you must have been
0: soaking wet too like there's no way you're drying out soaking wet soaking wet
1: i mean i've never been closer to a man in my life um (laughs) than i was that night Uh, and it was okay Uh, it was okay sam and you know and when you're on your back and you're freezing your ass off and you're um and you can you could pee on yourself. <laughs> <It'll> keep it <laughs> you warm for a minute. And I remember having like the helm, trying to sleep, and I have the helmet. Is that grossing you out, Kevin? No, no. I, I love it. It's true, though. It's just true. You know, when it's like, when you have no options, you look at what is my resource, and this was a resource, really? So it's gross, but it was a resource, and everybody pees in their, you know, their gear anyway. Unless it's a dry suit. You shouldn't do that. But uh, I remember trying to sleep, and having the helmet over my head and it was just raining on it It was like top 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 and i'm thinking this is the Kauai water torture (laughs) but anyway um there were i could not believe it but somewhere when along you know right before dawn i heard a rooster crow so there must have been some rooster town in this canyon i couldn't believe it but it crowed and it got light enough and uh, we, we, you know, got up, if you will. And, you know, we were all stiff and cold and you could see the creek and you're like, wow, that thing's come up a lot. <laughs> so it's even higher than it was the day before. Oh, so man. it was juicy. and So you went from worrying about getting enough water to worrying about having too much water. We got plenty of water. So we put in, and I remember the um, sampling right before me. And, uh, or we were, you know, we were in the, in the eddy and he took off and there was a, it was like a right line with a hard left by a boulder, um, that went into this, you know, this class five, just, it was like classic Creek and boulder gardens and stuff. And, um, and I'm kind of like, okay, about ready. I look over to make sure Sam's gone. And Sam is pinned on this rock oh, in this, shit. in this slot. He's, he's, he's tried to make the left. And next thing you know, he's like brace upstream pinned on this rock and And I'm like, holy cow, and then he somehow, he's, you know, trying to get off it, and he gets off, and he flips, and he's gone, so I'm like, holy cow. So I go, and luckily I didn't pin, but it was just like that. It was just crazy pinballing, you know it's tough to get up after a night of freezing your ass off and, like, suddenly oh. start paddling. And yeah. I
0: think we might have eaten another quarter power bar each <laughs> so, that morning. So you're energized right go Before get... we took off, you know. Yeah, I mean, even a bad night's sleep, it's hard to paddle well. But add on that kind of misery. Well, you know, that's it's... part of expeditions, right? You know, yeah. It's, yeah. it just... that's it what makes it an expedition, doesn't it? Builds character,
1: right? So we paddled, uh, we paddled down the rest of the rest of the creek, and there was one section where there is a diversion... Uh, and there's like a big grate, and they a lot of the river goes into it. And I didn't know, I knew kind of where it was, but um, we kind of walked around this pretty gnarly section um, just because we didn't know where it was, and then and then put in around it, and then paddled on down, um, and. There was our shelter. <laughs> Probably what, three miles downstream of where we had where we'd gotten to. But there was so, no way you were making it the night before. Regardless. No way, man. Yeah. No, we weren't gonna make that. So so yeah, so we uh, we'd all made it and we paddled out and then hiked out hiked out of the um um let you know. No, we pa- yeah, we paddled all the way down the Kuwaiti runs into the Waimea. Right. And we paddled the Waimea, which was so much fun. It was just a nice class for big waves oh, and really? holes and stuff. And yeah, we So that in and of
0: itself it just had some good stuff in it.
1: After all of you know all of that first D, it was like super nice just to surf waves <laughs> and do stuff that you normally do without being, you know, you know, being adrenalined up. Yeah, sure. And we get to the takeout and uh we took out in some guy's yard. I don't know how we decided to take out in this guy's yard, but he was super cool. (laughs) And I think he might've, you know, given us something to drink or a beer or something. He couldn't believe that we had just run this thing because he'd never seen anybody ever do it. Um, And then we, and Sam was very happy for my blanket. I think everyone was very happy for my (laughs) my space blanket. Uh, And then the next day, we came back and Jamie was with us this day, and we hiked down in and went up in and paddled that section that we had missed the day before. Okay. Uh, the water was a lot lower, so it was really super kind of creaky. And it was a lot of fun, definitely a lot lower, you know, a lot more bone zone. It certainly didn't look as scary as it did the day before, nor did that big diversion. But, but we went in and, and re-ran that and had a good old time and then paddled all the way down the Waimea to, to the ocean. That sounds and, fantastic. And that
0: was the Kuwaiti stream. Sounds fantastic if it wasn't for the night of misery in the middle of it. Like I said, it builds character. And, you know, and I got
1: to, I got to know my buddies,
0: you know. <laughs> you know, the, they say when you paddle with people, you become friends quickly. Like, the, this is case in point.
1: Yes, and you've got to trust your paddling buddies. I mean, you know, they might need to save your life one day. Absolutely. Or keep you warm at night. <laughs> 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 oh, man. I'm sure.
0: I've never heard of people going to, I've never heard of this paddled again. I've heard of people going to the big island and paddling some of the stuff out there. Uh, like, would you, would you go back there? Do you think it was quality enough that if you were prepared and you knew what you were getting into, that you could have, people would have a good time? Or was it more just like a one and done?
1: Nah, you know, at this point in my career, I'm probably not going to run that, that run again. But it's, I, if somebody's geared for it and wants to do it, it's, it's a heck of a run. It is an incredible run and it's hard and it's, it's difficult and you have to catch it. Right. So I think we just had, a you know, we were very fortunate to be able to catch it. Um, but it's, it's totally worthy. So if you're willing to go and hang out for a few weeks, like we did and just wait for the water to come up, then, and be ready to go and have a good crew, have a good crew, maybe, you know, a little more climbing gear than we did maybe a little more maybe some food
0: um, <laughs> that would be good maybe even a sleeping bag just in case <laughs>
1: oh sleeping bags would weight us down <laughs> how about everyone takes a space blanket there you go okay, fine you go. that's all you so, need so I, I, yeah i, I think it's, do, it's definitely worthy and i think people have run the waimea but i don't think anyone else has run the kuwaiti stream I, I think we did a one and i think we've done a one off you an estimate that's like
0: right. feet per mile on that thing? What do you? How steep do you think? It I is? mean, it's probably. I mean, it's you know, four or
1: five, six hundred feet a mile. That depends much. on depends on the section, right? I mean, some of the sections yeah. that were really waterfally, but I think in a minimum it's probably like, you know, three hundred feet a mile. It was it was pretty steep. Yeah, that's pretty you steep. Have. That's what you, you. know, so and then Waimea, you know, that's probably you know one hundred and fifty. It's not too, not too steep, but again, that's just like flat water. Once you've gotten to that, you're so happy. yeah good run excellent run and i'm sure paul will be calling me and saying dad you forgot to say something about this or that (laughs) like so paul go ahead and give me a call or actually
0: call kevin maybe he'll do a story with you absolutely he should paul's got lots of stories too i'm sure he does people have thrown thrown his name out to me before so oh yeah yeah paul if you're listening Let's get it done. <laughs> well, that's cool. Hawaii's not just for uh, for lays and and surfing, and you know, like now, now we know it's for everything. It's for everything. Yeah, kayak. And Waimea Canyon is just a beautiful place to cruise up
1: and have a look at. Oh man, it even is even if you're not
0: paddling. I've it. been there, and quite, quite, like Hawaii's just amazing. The diversity on this tiny island. I was blown away when I saw that canyon. Oh, it really does have some great
1: diversity, man. Gosh, it, it's awesome. It is an awesome island. It's, one, it's my favorite of the Hawaiian islands. Yeah, but don't go there. Go to the big island. <laughs> it's way better there. Not. Oh, it's way better. There's a lot more rivers. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: well, cool, Scott. I mean, let's move on uh, to, to one of the other stories we were talking about. Um, I mean, know you've done a lot, a lot of traveling in Central, South America and stuff. But uh, you had a pretty cool one from Peru yep so yep tell us a little bit how that that got going and and the characters involved well john Matson is a uh, you know one of the
1: old dogs in the sport and just you know one of the he's he's quite the adventure and mountaineer i mean he used to be a rodeo cowboy in north dakota and, <laughs> and yeah and and he's just done done it all you know and i had the opportunity to go on a trip on the kotawasi with he and randy kennedy who's our buddy died a few years ago but uh, he was a great dude so randy i know you're not well if you're listening randy you should call in but anyway i was really stoked to go with these guys because i was like you know john was is one of the classic old schoolers and i was like really stoked so um we got on the plane and flew to lima and uh actually flew to Arequipa, uh where i'm i'm trying to remember the name of the the kayaking family in peru ah the gosh i This is killing me. This is killing me. We may have to patch this
0: in. uh, Okay, we're patching it in. Scott was referring to the Valentino family, which has been featured in Kayak Session magazine. And it's a family that's famous for their paddling expeditions all across Peru. I'll put the name in the show notes in case I totally butchered the pronunciation. Back to the show. But uh, but
1: anyway, it was a family who they they were not a keeper, and they were the actually the best the best paddlers in Peru, and so we paddled with them some, and they helped us with logistics, and we we got on a bus to the town of Cotahuasi, and uh, that was an overnight bus, and we we went over an eighteen thousand foot pass. We were up actually on the on the Altiplano, I think, um, in the middle of the night, and. Uh Fourteen hours later, we flow into Cotahuasi, this tiny little town, and that's where we um we had some little pension we went and we we went to that John had organized mm-hmm. and um then we uh, we'd stay there that night and the next day we hiked down into the gore into the canyon and this is the Atacama desert it's dry as can be it hasn't rained in a hundred years in some places, so it's just barren yeah. and we get down to the bottom of this canyon after you know a very long hike. Um, And there's this verdant little valley and a farm and there was this guy named Rene who owned the farm and he lived in this two story house with a dirt floor and, you know, didn't speak any English, of course, but he and uh, we talked to him and he was like, okay. My we're gonna go up. My mother's the mule skinner up in town, his like (laughs) old mother. And so we hiked back up with Renee. We or we organize no, we hiked back up and we organized to meet with Renee the next day. So we met with Renee at his the where were the mules were, the mule the burrows, and his mother was this old lady with these really steel blue eyes. She was she was like she was old, but she was right there, man, and she (laughs) and she was like she had her leg on the girts on the side of the, the burrows and was tightening those girt straps on them, and, and uh, so then we hiked down into the in back down into the gorge, and we hung out at Renee's house that night. Uh, we had our boats and stuff. We put our boats on the burrows, mm-hmm. hiked all our gear down in there, and uh, and then stayed at Renee's house that night. And that's where we uh, we introduced him to to Jack Daniels and he introduced us to his local he had a uh, a fruit tree um he had a what kind of fruit was it, it was something you know, he had a fruit tree that he had he they drank this juice so we mixed jack daniels and god knows what this juice was uh so that was fun
0: in the next you day invented a new drink we did we, I'm we, to leave what, it to the boy from tennessee to, to invent a new drink in peru <laughs> hey that was
1: Matson. Matson brought that booze <laughs> uh, and in fact, he, I ended up carrying a Nalgene jar full of Jack Daniels down the canyon. It didn't last long because John's like, we've got to drink that stuff. It's real heavy. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but Rene lived right by the river and there was this 1500 foot uh, three stage waterfall right downstream of his house. Oh, wow. And he actually told us, he said, when I'm old, I'm going to go kayak off of that. Thing. <laughs> and maybe he's done it by now. I don't know. Cause he was, he was a little older than us. So who knows? But I told you earlier that if, if I get some dread disease, know I'm going to croak. We're going to get a big film crew down there, and I'm going to run that sucker.
0: You know, <laughs> you might you might be starting a trend. That sounds like a good way to go. And you're when life is over.
1: Well, you know, euthanasia, get a shot. I don't know. Yeah. Do I want a shot or I so, just want to go run a big not drop? As,
0: not as dramatic. Hey. No,
1: kayakers yeah. can do it differently. I like <laughs> go it. Go big or go home. That's right. Uh, so. so so then the next day, we, uh, we, t- we had to, to take the burrows around this waterfall. And so that was like about a half day trek to go along the sides of this canyon, super steep canyon. The trail's like three feet wide. And literally, if, if you passed anyone on the trail, one party would have to stand against the cliff and kind of hug the cliff and stay still so that the other group can Whoa. get by that's, uh, that's intense that's intense man because yeah. you're i mean it was like you know a thousand feet to the to the river yeah, and that would not go well with my fear of heights
0: oh yeah you probably want to you want to look just look at the cliff yeah just, just don't look at yeah, don't look per- out pretend i'm 10 feet from the ground that's what i do when i climb yeah <laughs> yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah, I, I, yeah, I wasn't sitting there peering over the edge too much, but, and Rene, he had had, um, uh, he had a mule that was carrying a raft around this, um, uh, around this waterfall at one point. And a mule is a uh, found that a mule costs 300 bucks, a burrow costs a hundred bucks and a mule is much bigger and stronger, so a much more valuable animal, <laughs> but they were passing a group and he had this raft on his, on his, you know, on his back and and he had to pass another animal and they jostled and the mule went Whoa. off the edge and Whoa. he was really bummed about losing his mule. Yeah. Um so yeah. yeah. So Not there's a mule that. with a raft on him down there somewhere.
0: Shit,
1: but man. uh but yeah, we uh, about a half a day in we you know, we hiked we went downstream around the waterfall and he dropped us off in the middle of some field and we're like, Okay, the river's right there and so at that point that's where the adventure really began in my mind because we started in and it was basically roping your boat down this cliff you'd you'd rope it down a you know down a pitch and then you'd climb down and then you'd rope it down the next one and climb down and then you'd you might have to walk across you know a scree slope or something with your boat and and John and Randy had each other to help mm-hmm. um get down there and i was odd man out so i had to do it on my own oh. so i kind of lost them they lost me and oh. it was kind of every man for himself and very sketchy but ultimately we all got down to the river and uh at the river there was this cross on the rock on a rock and you know someone had it must have fallen
0: off the cliff or something and that's where he landed because his family yeah. put a cross there Do oh, you want to see huh Good thing you saw that after you got down and not before, yeah, it was too late. we weren't
1: hiking back up that cliff. forget it, I mean yeah. we were going down the river, and it was a beautiful river i mean it's 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 just
0: it's just beautiful um how, how deep is it? I mean, imagine that like every peruvian river I've seen has just been an incredibly deep canyon. They say that the Cotahuasi is the
1: deepest canyon in the world, okay. and you know people will argue that point. But and it's not like the Colca, for instance, or the Grand. You know, well the Colca, for instance, is very vertical vertical walls all the way up. The Grand has some big walls, you know, but you had a lot of ridges, kind of shelves in this canyon. But you could see miles away there was the edge of the there was the top of the canyon, and so it was extremely extremely deep. You're in there. Um, yeah and uh and actually the Cotahuasi flows through what was the heart of the incan empire Mm. so this was this was an added super coolness to to this trip um you know put in the first day fully loaded boats and it was game on i mean it was class five from the get-go uh the first drop was just was was big i remember i remember um you know there were just like two really massive holes in a row that i had to that i had to punch and and i did because i'm here and i didn't swim
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> um did and like b- big water style or what was the nature big of big the... water
1: this was probably i'd say the flow is probably like 1500 2000 okay is probably the flow on but, this on but, this run
0: but with good gradient
1: good gradient yeah. good gradient um you know Big holes, um, kind of boulder you know, garden style. Boulder or? garden, yeah, a bol- lot of boulder garden kind of kind of action. Yeah. you know, kind of kind of pool droppy, but long rapids with maybe some pools in between. So it was busy. I mean, it was definitely four or five the whole way, four or five, four or five, four or five, and you know, and we scouted big stuff, but some of it was, uh, you know, there was this, <laughs> John, you know, John and Randy were being the senior members, and I was apparently their young probe. I didn't know I was until Johnny's like Scott, you go first, <laughs> and and they would want to scout a lot of stuff, which is fine. I have no problem with scouting, but you know I got tired of scouting a little bit when I'd like well, that's class four. I see the line, so I started kind of dropping into some rapids, not all of them, but some of them, just kind of showing them the way.
0: <laughs> and I thought
1: I'd you know give some excitement to these old guys, but uh, but you know they were they were like. I'm like, why are you guys scouting everything? And They're like, we want to live. That was their that was their battle cry. <laughs> we want to live.
0: Uh, <laughs> Has this been a crew that you paddled with before? Like, did you have a good relationship before you went into that, or was it uh, kind of figuring it out as you went along?
1: I don't think I'd ever paddle with Randy. Oh, okay. Um, but I paddled with Mattson and some. Okay. Um, and and so, <clears throat> you know, they were fairly new. But Randy, Randy's just he was a good old guy from Alabama, just the nicest guy in the world um and 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 in fact before we had had taken off on our main trip we paddled a few days above above kotawashi's little day trips and on one of them we ended up we were in this canyon that uh um oh kurt casey i believe had run Mm -hmm. and i think it was called midday canyon or noonday canyon something like that and we put in probably about three o'clock in the afternoon and it was big it was really big i'm backing up here i'm going upstream here on you yeah um but uh but it was really big and i mean class five the whole way so it was scout everything walks and things a lot of i want to live i was hearing a lot of i want to live on this and when the sun sets at the equator it goes down. There's no twilight. <laughs> and, uh, we were really reminded of that because we were in midday Canyon when the sun went down. So you're getting another bivouac story here.
0: Um, so, <laughs> I detect a theme in yeah. your life. <laughs> oh God.
1: But anyway, I was leading at the end cause I'm trying you know, we're trying to get, we're trying to get down to Renee's house basically at this point. Gotcha. And so, um, it was dark. It was so dark that I could only see just like the white of the white water so I was kind of following that, and I hit some huge hole and mm-hmm. and uh, was able to you know paddle out of it, but I, I punched it and then I ate it out, mm-hmm. and John comes through it, I see him punch it, and he eddies out, and he's like, "That's it." We're, we're, we're staying here tonight. So Randy pulls in and he's like, damn, that was a big hole. So Randy had a real Southern accent. That's and, awesome. And we're like, that's, yeah, let's stay. That's the kind
0: of guy you need on the trip, right? Oh, he was
1: awesome, dude. He was awesome. He had a little translator app on his phone. Oh, yeah. And when he tried to speak Spanish, he'd be, you know, he'd be like, yo, no, hablo, espanol. You know, it was funny. And so, um, so we did Eddie out, pulled out, we didn't have any. We didn't have any gear. I mean, we we didn't have bidwack gear. I had my had a space blanket, oh. uh, and we had some power bars, and uh, so we basically just started a fire, which was real easy in the Atacama mm-hmm. Desert. All you do is just take a stick <laughs> and a lighter and and light the stick. <laughs> it's crazy how easy it is to start There's a not fire. Not a drop
0: of moisture and anything. No moisture, man.
1: But I did a lighter, obviously. So we lit a fire and basically. Stripped all our gear off, dried it all, put it back on, and then buried ourselves in the sand and froze our asses <laughs> off that night. Uh, and uh, got up in the morning and started paddling, and then uh, you know hit some big stuff too. And you know, and and so we did walk some of that stuff. And at the end of the, at the end, we fe- we got to Renee's, and um, the plan was we left our boats there, and we worked it out with Renee where Randy was going to hang out with with Renee and his wife and John and I were gonna hike out, get the rest of our gear and and then come back down in the canyon the next day. And so Randy had a lot of fun staying with those guys that night and he didn't speak any spanish and speaking english so i'm sure he worked his translator and i remember him telling us that they insisted that he sleep in their bed and no he was way like, no, i'll
0: sleep on the floor
1: we slept in their bed but it had bed bugs oh, God. it was gnarly so
0: <laughs> maybe it wasn't such
1: a generous offer after no, all <laughs> no. so but anyway john and i hiked out and uh, you know that was its own epic adventure because we um we hiked up um we started hiking out and we got to this village and there's this guy his his name was C- Segundo Flores and Segundo met us in the trail with his wellies on and a snake in his hand he was like yeah I got a got a snake we're like holy cow I said I said and we said are we in Cotahuasi and he was like and this is in Spanish and he's like no it's on the other side of that mountain <laughs> so we're <laughs> no. like I think I uttered some expletives Because we were tired and hot and, you know, just ready to get a meal. So luckily he took us to his house and his lovely wife made us a nice like eggs and potatoes and and some of this juice that we couldn't really identify, but we drank anyway (laughs) uh, for like 25 cents a piece. Amazing. And then John and I hiked back down into the canyon and then back up the other side of the mountain. And of course it got dark. And I remember being just so tired and we're trudging up, up in the dark, up out of the Canyon in the Atacama desert. And we'd go by some houses and these dogs would, we'd hear these dogs barking at us and they're coming at us because we're whatever yeah. they don't know what's coming in the dark you're, you're, so we were there
0: there you're what they're there for right like some strangers walking exactly by the yeah. and
1: so we're like throwing rocks at dogs and trying not to, to be chowed on by these dogs and i remember just thinking of just dreaming of a, the beer i was going to drink when i got <laughs> back to town and uh we got back to town and there was no beer we were so exhausted we flopped on our beds and that was it yeah Yeah, yeah. and then the next morning we went down in there and met randy and did our whole hike down in there and then we were on the river so sorry i kind of went backwards with that that's okay that was a good diversion (laughs) (laughs) mid noon midday canyon i think that's what it's called but um the river was awesome because some of the places we we would camp on incan ruins i remember this one town where we camped and you could you could tell, okay, this was a little street, if you will, that's, you know, six feet wide, and it's up the side of this mountain. And you could see the squares that were where these houses were, okay. all along these little streets. And the and the the Incans were, they were engineers. I mean, they, they would, they would uh, channel the water into these little aqueducts and, and, and run them into these tanks and, and they had this whole system set up. And I think it's very dry now, but it wasn't back then. And I think that's probably part of why they, you know, that might have been part of the downfall of the Incan Empire. I don't know. But camping on those, I remember camping on those, on somebody's house was just It was super energetic, you know, like, like you could just feel these people, you know, the spirit, there was just this energy from there, from, from these Incans and, and you're in this super dark sky area where the sky is just full of stars. The Milky Way is just right there. and, And I just remember thinking of how special and cool that was to be in a place like that where no one was. But you had all this energy of this awesome ancient civilization that was still all around you,
0: um, that was that was super duper cool. You're selling me. That sounds like an incredible experience. Oh man, I recommend the Colosse. I mean, my my hit my history is pretty rough. Do you know when those you know, like when the things were built when the Incan civilization was at their peak? Oh wow, um, yeah. this, uh, yeah. I'm not yeah. sure. I yeah. would yeah, this, think this is
1: part history quiz. Actually. I mean, it's yeah. a BC thing, right? So. Yeah. I'd say, you know, I, I, I don't know. I think we're gonna have to fact check that because yeah, I I'll, do not want to speak out I'll of the side up, of my I'll, mouth. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll edit it in or Clip something it in. put cool. it in, put it in the show notes sweet, or something. Sweet. <laughs> you know, in this Valley, um, there was, um, it was famous for its wine, but down further. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm trying to think how many miles this was. It was five days. I think it was about a hundred miles or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're paddling down and there and we didn't there were no villages anywhere, but there we saw some kids one day just running along the river and there you know we'd pull over and say hello to them but but there was one place called Marpa, and it was a it was a, there was a town and we had stopped above the town and checked out these old wine works basically they the farmers would all bring their grapes in and they had these big tubs, and I'm sure they had Peruvian virgins to. Stomp on them, no. But that's where they would—they would stomp them by hand, by, by feet. That's and, so cool. And they would drain into these, you know, into these vats. And so every year at harvest time, this place was probably super bustling with people doing the the harvest. Um, but we paddled on down to town, and John and Randy took a nap by the river, and charged me with taking a couple of Nalgene bottles and walking up to the village and seeing if I could score some wine. So I hike up to the village. Yeah. And there I don't see anybody around. I mean it's it's just this tiny little village. And I walk past somebody's like laundry their house, their laundry's hanging out there. There's like a, you know, there's a chickens running around. And I just walked kind of down whatever the main street was till I found somebody and some guy said, Hey, you know, and he started talking to me and and um and he was i I think he was a school teacher in town Mm -hmm. um and he was you know just telling me about the town and stuff and i was like hey can i get some wine He's like oh yeah sure but of course he had to give me the tour and he showed me their their ham radio which is how they communicated with the outside world there was no they had no other communication with with anybody but through the ham radio and he tried to call my girlfriend at work on the ham radio (laughs) and she wasn't at her desk but we called her and got oh, that. Got that was so cool to catch her. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been? Hey, hi, I'm in Marpa. You know where that is. <laughs> so, but yeah, she was bummed. She wasn't at her desk. Um, but, but we had a good talk, and they're you know wonderful people. Uh, wonderful people in, the, in in that that little village. And I think I paid a nickel a piece for each Nalgene bottle full of vino. So wow. I got my Vino and hiked back down to the river and the boys were happy and we had Vino for the next few nights. So. That's the score. Yeah, it was a score, man. So so after Marpa, we paddled on downstream and I remember the river, once it comes out of <clears throat> the canyon, it joins with, there's another river. Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of that river. It's super hard. It's killer river. Dead coming, but it's right down before it gets really wide, and then it flows into the sea, like about fifteen miles downstream. Okay. And John, you'll have to tell me what that river is. Call Kevin. Um <laughs> <Yeah. clears throat> So, a lot of wind coming up off the sea, so it was just big upstream breeze. Mm-hmm. And so, where we camped the last night, there was we found this this place where basically the the rock was sort of on a the it was, it, it was uh, the bedding was like at about an 80 degree angle <clears throat> and it eroded enough so that there was so there were these rocks that were sticking up like 20 feet in the air out of the sand on the river on the side of the river and they blocked and and in between these layers they had it had eroded so we had a place that we could actually get into and hmm. sleep and get out of the wind and oh. drink wine but <laughs> thank, the thank sand God got that one <laughs> oh but that because the wind was blowing like 40 miles an hour consistently, but the sand would blow up over the, over the one, the one, you know, protective layer and land on us, but who cares? Whatever. So better than nothing. yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we paddled in, into this town, got a ride to this place called Kamana, which is on the Pan American highway. And it's definitely a rough place. And we went to, we found some place to stay, which was a dump but it was a place to stay and was uh, probably
0: disappointing after being in all those magical places for the prior nights. Uh, it's crazy. We're looking, I'm looking at this juxtaposition. Wall. <laughs> yeah. That's a
1: juxtaposition. Um, and it, everything had walls around it with the Coke bottle, you know, with all the broken bottles and cement to keep people out. Sure. There. I gone, can picture
0: that. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, at Pan American highway, it was, I think coming on was kind of a rough town because, mm-hmm. you know, I remember noticing like the, it looked like pot marks or maybe machine gun fire, on in some of these walls these concrete walls or somebody just strafed it and i'm like holy cow so anyway we have our place today and randy and i were like well let's go out and have a beer john went to sleep so randy and i went out to have a beer and we went into this club and some you know some big goon lets us in there and, and we sit down and and he like we just want to have a beer right but next thing you know there's he brings this girl over to have the then we're like uh and he's like this is all in spanish he's like you need to buy her a drink. We're like, huh? Like, yeah, we'll buy her a drink. Sure, you know. And I think they thought we wanted more than a beer. So, anyway, we had our beers and we're very nice during our conversation. We told her we weren't really interested in that. And next thing you know, in come these soldiers, and all these people. The place suddenly got really cleared out. Like a lot of people really just disappeared, wow. and they started checking everybody's IDs. And like, we showed them our passports, and you know, they were other people were scared of them, and so were we, of course. It you know they had whatever AKs and uh I imagine this isn't a place that sees many foreigners either. I don't think so we were definitely the only foreigners in the place mm-hmm. um and we showed him our passports and he smiled as he was like oh bienvenido in Peru you know? <laughs> like we're like oh. he's like yeah well it was great and so right. anyway next day we're leaving this place and I went and organized we organized bus tickets you know to get out of there and and I, and we had heavy boats, right? And, and I asked the lady at the ticket window, Hey, does this price include our kayaks? Cause we are, we are kayakistas and we have kayaks. And she's like, yeah, it's included, included. So anyway, we get, we go to the bus and this bus driver, who's about, I don't know, five foot tall or so is, is like, no, this is extra. And I'm like, and, and I'm debating this with him. And, um, uh, and I said, No, the lady at the at the window said it was free. And he goes, No, it's more and I'm and I told John Rainey, I'm like, Get, you know, load the boats load the boats while I'm talking with this dude. So they're loading the boats. Right. And and he started getting all up in my face. <laughs> and uh-huh. all this stuff, we wanted more money and, and all and I don't know, I think i had been approved long enough where I just and I may I don't know, I just had it. So I he's yakking at me in Spanish and he called me flaco which is like skinny boy and it just hit me wrong and I just I just got up in the guy's face I kind of was towering over him a little bit I mean I tower at five nine right <laughs> but I was like I said "Nomi yamo llamo flaco <laughs> and, and and he was like Ugh! and then he didn't say anything else to me the entire the the entire way Called, i mean called his bluff huh? i called his yeah. bluff but i and, and i you know that was good right but i also i feel bad because i think i'm embar- i embarrass him in front of mm. his friends and i feel bad about that and if i could apologize to that bus driver i would mm. but i would bus, still, bus driver if you're listening bus driver if you're listening i i apologize you know lo siento um mm. but um Anyway, that was kind of funny because I'm like, no me llamo flaco. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, I sat up front. And he didn't, didn't talk to me the whole <laughs> way, all the way back to Ataquipa. But yeah, the Kodawasi, great trip, man. Great trip. And John and Randy went and ran the Kolka next. I had to come back to the States, so I didn't get to run the Kolka, but I hear the Kolka is a really awesome run, too. So I've
0: heard that as well. So there's my Kodawasi story that's awesome yeah it reminds me i was i was telling you earlier that i'd only been to peru once for a short trip but we ran the rio placar tombo and i remember actually a long a long time ago when i was first learning to paddle i think it was the team beer crew they had some write-up <laughs> of the rio placar tombo and now this is like the first time i'd ever heard of it and i just and i'd really never had a, like any concept of like going to a place like peru and kayaking and i just remember seeing these pictures of them and these guys in this canyon and on this boat and these towering mountains and i just it, it captured my imagination you know when i was a young paddler just kind of learning and I, I remember thinking wow that's amazing and then when i went there i was like hey here i am this is so cool like the places that you can you can discover paddling i think that's one of the unique things about the sport is you get to places that no one, no one else would think to go. There are
1: rivers almost anywhere, you know. Yeah. And the old adage of so many rivers, so little time. There you, you know? go. But yeah, you would think, you know, there's a river out here in the middle of this desert. Or
0: Pachotambe is a jungle river,
1: though, right? I think it is. So um,
0: that's it, its it transitions own level of insanity. It transitions. Oh. It starts up quite high, and it's pretty arid, and then it becomes more jungly as as you go down lower and lower. That's one of the cool things about it. Is you go through a number of different climate zones. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. Peru's Peru's an
0: awesome place,
1: awesome people, super nice country. You know, yeah. that what there was the what was it the Shining Path gorillas were like mm-hmm. kind of around. You know, but it's like you know what, you, if you if you let the news scare you away from all these cool places, then you're never going to go anywhere. So just go because people are living and people are having fun, and they're and they're welcoming and they're they're glad you're there. You know, what what you hear about in the news is just what's happening in one little segment. And you know, granted, maybe you shouldn't hang out in Kamana for too long, you know, or (laughs) any place that's the wrong side of town. Sure. And don't be political, you know, but you can go paddling. You're more of you're such a curiosity
0: that they're like, Wow, look at these people visiting.
1: This is awesome. So yeah.
0: Yeah. Dar- if you've read Darcy's book, she has that Amazon, women book, or Amazon woman book about her, her trip that being the first woman to go from source to sea on the Amazon. And, you know, she talks about the Shining Path thing and how they're worried about it. it was, there's some interesting little anecdotes about how their, their fears were allayed pretty quickly uh, when they when they actually met some people and talked to them. So.
1: Yeah, they're like, yeah, we're Shining Path gorillas. Let's just hang out. <laughs> <laughs> you're not trying to, you know, you're not being political, right? They're a political yeah. agenda. so. Yeah.
0: But man, if that didn't inspire anyone to go to Peru, it certainly inspired me. I want to go back. I even had a little opportunity this year, but I just didn't work out. But uh, God, get I got, the chance, I got go, to put man. it back on the list after hearing that. If you get is the it, chance, it, go. I mean, it, Chile's just south, too. So you can, you know,
1: you can hang out in Peru and paddle Peru. It you is. You can surf Peru. All kinds of great lefts in Peru. Some of the great lefts. And then shoot on down to Chile and...
0: Man, I paddled in Chile too and I love it. But what's unique about Peru is just those long multi days through these deep canyons with just great white water the whole way. I don't and think it, those are hard to find, you know?
1: I think they are. And yeah, and there's nobody. I mean, you're just in you're in the middle of nowhere. There's just no one there, you know. It which is awesome. Just to get out and you're just in nature, you know, where silence can roar. So
0: great stuff, man. <laughs> good, good way to wrap it up. Thanks for sharing that. Um, so let's, let's close off the, the episode today with a little story you were just telling me has, has a little humor to it, where uh, you were in Mexico and had a, had an interesting encounter with a local.
1: Oh yeah. It was we were down there in the Tamaulipas province and we were paddling the uh, Rio Santa Maria and it was, and let's see, it was gosh, Jeremy Signorini, uh, Brian Brown, Uh, his girlfriend or wife, Michelle, at the time. Who else was on that trip? Isn't that terrible?
0: I don't have a memory anymore. But what what (laughs) I do remember... It's not not your memory. It's just you've had so many adventures. Like, how could you possibly keep all that information there? That's right. And they say your brain leaks, so
1: it must be leaking. (laughs) I know mine does. But but when we... It was a great river. Nice class five run. I highly recommend it. And at the takeout... um, there's this there's this great waterfall that comes in off the right side on the on the left side is where you hike up to take out and I mean, nobody comes down there maybe comes in there to hang out but we pull up in the in the eddy and there's this dude standing there. And he's literally combing his hair. It's like he has grease, you know, like hair gel in his hair or something. (laughs) and He's combing in his hair. Like combing it back like a greaser going, I want to be a movie star.
0: (laughs) And we're like...
1: What's this dude's deal? <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm picturing one of those switchblade co- knife comb that, you know? Sure, cones. that sounds good for the story. <laughs> it was like,
1: what is this? And so we're like, oh, okay, movie star, what's up? <laughs> and so anyway, he hung out. He wanted to carry some of our gear. I think he might have carried my paddle or something, right? Yeah. And so we climbed up out of this gorge and crossed this river and got in Jeremy's truck, which was parked. I don't know how he got it there. We must somehow we ran a shuttle, uh, and. We were in the middle of a cornfield. We had to drive through these cornfields, but we had uh, we had a bunch of Coronas, or and so we had this kid. He wanted to hang out and be a movie star, and he was in the back seat in Jeremy's truck, in between us, and and we're just barreling through this cornfield, drinking Coronas, and somebody put on that Kid Rock song. as it Balls in Your Mouth? <laughs> and uh, I forget, but but we're drinking beer and just singing this song and this kid's like he's like doesn't understand this song right yeah. and he's like rock and roll <laughs> and he and we were drinking beer and we pull up we pull up in his town in our gringo mobile with boats hanging off of it
0: and this is like i'm partying with the gringos this is great man, i'm gonna be a movie star <laughs> single
1: road dirt village farming village you know and we pull up and hop out and you know, and he's got a corona and, and with the gringos, we were hanging out chatting with people for a while. And, <laughs> and then uh, we gave him some dog biscuits for their dogs. Because we saw a bunch of skinny dogs running around, we figured they needed some food. So he gave some dog biscuits that he I'm not sure he quite knew what to do with those. But we gave them to him and told him <laughs> they were for the dogs, you know, and we got in the truck and said our goodbyes and left. And I remember looking in the rear view as we left, and the whole village just crowded around this guy so he i think he was a movie star
0: he He was a star of the village got
1: his wish he was a star of the village anyway man so you made that guy's day what a trip i want to be a movie star (laughs) yeah okay the last thing you expected to find (laughs) the last thing but i hope he's doing well and i hope he made it to the silver screen yeah, he was at least a star of his village. So rock on, dude. <laughs> so
0: that's, that's awesome. man. That's awesome. All right, Scott, well, let's wrap it up there. I think, uh, I think after all these stories, what for one, they were great, man. I loved them. And, uh, I enjoyed telling them if I have one takeaway from this thing, it's to pack one of those silver space blankets in my PFD. Every time I go out. Absolutely. And power bars and power bars and, and maybe some gels, you know, <laughs> so you can at least have a quarter for dinner
1: and, uh, and, uh, um, a lighter or some matches yes
0: all right i think we all learned something today look at that (laughs) (laughs) you can never be too prepared on the river right (laughs) all right
1: scott thanks so much again man hey that was fun i really appreciate it kevin i'm glad we glad we got to do
0: this yeah we'll have to do it again someday sounds good man all right thanks, buddy